Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Tuesday. We're in the season of ordinary time, and this is now the 19th week after Pentecost. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Visit us with your salvation, and sustain us with your gracious spirit. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord, let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the living and abiding word of God. A reading from Exodus chapter 32. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make gods for us who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on, your, on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took these from them, formed them in a mold, and cast an image of a calf, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day, and they offered burnt offerings, and brought sacrifices of well-being, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf, and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone, so that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, and of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, 
Isaac, in Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven. In this land that I have promised, I will give your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring on his people. The story of Israel casting a golden calf seems pretty straightforward in its telling. The people believing that Moses is consumed by the Lord on the mountain ask Aaron to cast an idol to stand in as the one who rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt. They declare a festival, offer sacrifices, celebrate before the golden calf. The Lord sees what is happening and the Lord becomes angry. They have turned away from the Lord to worship an idol. But why? In fact, why would anyone worship an idol? If we look and listen closely, we find that this story really is much more complicated than it first appears. And we find an idolatry, that is the worship of idols, probably isn't what we think it is in the first place. Well, in this case, first of all, Israel doesn't just turn to any old foreign god for help or for protection. It will do that later on in, in Canaan. It'll turn to sort of the gods of the land to to do and to 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 provide for them in the way that uh, they've been taught. But but here, in the vacuum created by Moses' absence, they decide to create something that they can worship in gratitude for having set them free from slavery. <clears throat> they, having lost faith in what God and Moses are doing on the mountains, decide to do it themselves. They follow their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own plans, their own interpretations of what has happened, and they create their God to be the one who acts. It's their own God. The general story of God's mighty act in setting them free from slavery remains there intact, but now all of the specifics including the specifics of an acting, thinking, loving, planning, dynamic God are all changed, because it is no longer the Lord who has rescued them from slavery, but it is whatever it is that they name these gods that are represented by the golden calf. The same action, but a different name. A different name, a different God, a different story, and that is, at its root, the sin of idolatry. It is assigning God's good and gracious acts to another name, another force. And that has the effect of changing the entire relationship between the Lord and those who would worship the Lord. It becomes much more transactional suddenly, that their worship is is purely in exchange for the good that they have received. And so as long as the God continues to give them good things, they will continue to worship the Lord. Uh, They will continue to worship these calves or whatever this is. But what Moses is in the process of receiving from the Lord is a covenant between I am that is, the Lord, and the people that the Lord has rescued from slavery in Egypt, a people that the Lord has rescued because he has already established a covenant with the ancestors, Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebekah and Rachel and Jacob and Leah, to be their God. These people then would be God's people, the people of this covenant, the people that God has set free to worship now in freedom, in truth, and in beauty, the one that God, uh, the creator of heaven and earth, has chosen to come and dwell among so that this God now might become, become known and known by name 
throughout all of the earth. This is a relationship of love and trust between a living and active God and a living and active people. It is a dynamic relationship. And you can see that already in here. As Moses intercedes for the people and God finally changes God's mind, God relents from God's anger. It's no longer a transactional kind of relationship, but one that's based on love and trust and and God's enduring faithfulness and God's promise. In this covenant that God is creating, it will also have boundaries and a sense of purpose, and within it, this long-running promise that God's future for the world would emerge through and out them, so that through them, God would bless the whole entire world. This is the story of I AM, the story of the Lord in all caps. This is not the story of some golden calf, or even the story of the Force, or the universe, or whatever else we may want to stand in for a very specific revelation of who God is and what God is doing. And so for us, too, this becomes a daily challenge, just as it was for the Israelites. Because we were not claimed in the waters of baptism by some unknown universal force that we may call God or may not, or some mythic story, or any other God. Or, But there at the font this very specific, revealed and knowable God gave you God's name and made you this God's child. And that is why we begin each morning remembering our baptism, remembering to who we belong, with the sign of the cross saying, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we remember who God is and how we should worship pray, praise, and call upon his name, always. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears, and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. And in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, and for the communion of faith in your church. For who else, for what else are we grateful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world. 
for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare. For all who work for peace and international harmony. For all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. And for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else, for what else do we pray today? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Holy Spirit fill you with new life and abundant joy. Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen.